0: Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steffi. I am excited to be joined by Luke Mullen, the Husker football reporter for the Lincoln Journal Star. Luke, thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, short week ahead of this uh, Black Friday game, but hey, still got time for a little podcast.
0: Yeah, and World Cup, too. It's quite the sports week here.
1: (laughs) That's right. I just got done watching that last game, so (laughs) glad we're on the same wavelength there.
0: (laughs) Well, first of all, it's been a while since Iowa has lost to Nebraska. Nebraska 3-8. and Is there any extra kind of motivation that was clear when talking to Nebraska players here going into this rivalry game?
1: Yeah, definitely um, for the in-state guys, for sure. You know, the ones that have perhaps, you know, grown up as Nebraska fans that have been, you know, following the program for for a little bit longer. And, you know, for for the guys, of course, I mean, the seniors, the veterans who've been, you know, in the building for five, six years, whatever it may be, you know, it, it was also a very big point of emphasis last week. The coaches were, you know, saying, hey, you haven't beat Wisconsin since 2012. That was something they repeated all week. And it was close, but didn't really pan out. Uh, So I think this week, yes, it's part of the discussion, you know, haven't beat them in a while. Uh, But I think the real motivation is they've kind of been trying to play up the spoiler role, you know, ruin their season, you know, really go out with a bang. Um, That's been a little bit more, I think, of the, the discussion.
0: And it's interesting, Iowa fans are used to a very cautious approach in the transfer portal. One addition this past year with the transfer portal, it seems like Nebraska has been the complete opposite. How have all of these transfer portal pieces fit in?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, honestly, the, the reason for that has been, you know, the recruiting under Scott Frost, just a lot of misses guys that didn't, you know, translate to the field, didn't even, you know, play even, you know, transferring out before they even got here. So there was that necessity to go and get pieces. And honestly, I mean, if you look at this year's Nebraska team, Some of its most valuable players are the transfers, especially on offense. I mean, Casey Thompson, you know, leading the way at quarterback, Trey Palmer has just been absolutely electric and, you know, Anthony Grant from the JUCO ranks, you know, just guys that weren't on the team last year. Um, So yeah, it's been super important and, you know, forecasting to the future, you know, regardless of who the coach is, it's going to be a very busy, very busy uh, portal season for Nebraska. Yeah.
0: Keeps the reporters on their toes too. Definitely. (laughs) So for an Iowa fan who maybe hasn't seen a lot of Casey Thompson play this year in this Husker system, what should they expect to see on Friday? Yeah,
1: I mean, he's he's not 100%. That's very much clear. Um, He had some nerve damage. That was the issue. Got hit in the elbow. Couldn't feel his pinky for a while. Um, Still, you know, struggled to grip the football for a while. That was The issue you know to get him throwing in practice so they managed to accomplish that i think last week had plenty of zip on the ball um but still bothering him a little bit but in terms of his intelligence he's he reads the game really well most of the time you know like like many quarterbacks he he can be guilty of you know trying to force a pass or you know maybe misjudging something slightly but he has a very good understanding what the defense is trying to do last week he showed that he can scramble a little bit that was something he hadn't done all year but just because the defense was giving it, you know, he he cued in on that and picked up some yards in that regard. But pretty good arm strength, you know, especially a little bit hit or miss with the deep ball to Trey Palmer. That's been the best weapon they had all year. Some underthrows, some overthrows. But meeting in the middle just enough. He's a he's been a very, very solid piece for for Nebraska.
0: And then running back, you were mentioning Grant earlier it seems like Iowa fans have seen a mix of every kind of running back this season. What's kind of his style of play?
1: Yeah, no, he's a, he's got great, I think moves, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, but he, he gets himself into trouble, you know, trying to do too much uh, cut back, you know, create a new running lane as opposed to just taking, you know, maybe the two or three yards that the defense gives him. Um, He bursts quite a few big runs, you know, 20, 30 yards early in the year. But, you know, once you get into October, November, these stout Big Ten defenses, I mean, last week he had about 11 carries, 22 yards. I mean, not a lot of room for him to run, you know, try to exploit those cutback lanes, but great speed in the open field, pretty powerful uh, when he does get, you know, a little bit of steam rolling up. He's been known to to truck a defender every now and then, but when he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage, I mean, it's, it's the other team doing that trucking.
0: And then offensive line wise, how does Nebraska stack up this year?
1: Yeah, it's it's the definite weakness of this team. Um, and it's it's really something that has been kind of a slide over a couple of years, you could say, um, just decreasing in the quality of the O linemen. And of course, you know, as as the Iowa program knows, I mean, you got to have those guys in for several years learning the system training. Um, just such an important part of that, that offensive line play. And at the same time, injuries, um, Teddy Prochaska starting left tackle. He was out three games into the year. Actually, the planned right guard, uh, Norden Newley, he was suspended for the season uh, for a, a substance abuse policy, a full year suspension. So he missed the whole year. It's really been kind of piecing together that offensive line. A couple guys who at the start of the year, you know, didn't think they were going to be in the mix. They're in there now. Um And, you know, bits and pieces, they have, you know, quarters where they pass protect very well, but that's the real weakness and, and not being able to just move that line of scrimmage up front.
0: And then on the flip side of things, it seems like a strength seems to be Nebraska's edge rushers.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. You know, that was going into the year. That was the group that we expected to probably perform at the highest level. And, you know, three, four or five games into the year, They really hadn't done much yet. You know, it was a question of what what can they do to get these guys going? Uh, Well, Bill Bush, he was the special teams coordinator, takes over as the defensive coordinator. I think you've seen a a lot more three-down linemen packages with the two-edge rushers outside, you know, giving those guys a little bit more room and, you know, width off the edge too. But also, you know, just better execution from the players. Garrett Nelson in particular, uh, he was really frustrated early in the year not getting those sacks. He's come on strong. Um, Caleb Tanner veteran veteran guy he's a leader in that room um, production hasn't always been there but he's flashed with a few big plays and yeah definitely the the defensive line has improved a lot over the last few games just in getting to the quarterback and and making their life difficult
0: and then how is this Nebraska defense looked in terms of their pass defense
1: yeah it's it's uh it's it's been decent but you know prone to a big play you know prone to just a simple drag route, you know, exposing them for 20, 30 yards. Um, just kind of those lapses that you see from teams, you know, that are able to pick it up in pieces, but, you know, consistently over the course of a game, um, it's been a little bit more of a struggle. I I look at, you know, freshman cornerback, we've got a true freshman out there, Malcolm Hartzog been very, very good, you know, over the course of 50, 60 snaps over game, but he seems to pretty consistently get beat for a, you know, 30-yard pass, he's not the tallest guy. So if quarterbacks are able to locate that, you know, just one of those things where teams have been able to exploit a few of those weaknesses time over. Um, but at the same time, you know, not 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 exactly getting gashed every week. And I think we can expect that not to be the case this week as well.
0: Not very often that you have a freshman leading the team in interceptions.
1: Yep, that's right. But he's been a playmaker. And, you know, honestly, it was a, a case where at the beginning of the year, the guys ahead of him just didn't perform. And, you know, that was a big thing. Mickey Joseph, when he took over as interim head coach, you know, he's saying that next man up mentality. He's been saying that all year, you know, compete for your spot. And Hartzog's play, you know, earned him that on the field.
0: And then special teams last year was a little problematic for Nebraska. There was a lot of talk at Big Ten Media Days about shoring that up. Has that worked?
1: It, it certainly has. And, you know, it's a credit both to the the new personnel that they brought in, new kicker, new punter, um, guys entering the program, punters, Brian Buschini and kickers, Timmy Bleakroad both been very, very solid. But also, I mean, to Bill Bush, I mentioned him a moment ago. He was working with those guys all off season. And then of course, you know, first few weeks of the year, he's very, very good at what he does. Um, and I think they, they really managed to sort out that issue. But at the same time, a big, you know, I guess, kind of kicking off, you know, issue for, for Nebraska fans has been the punt returns. They just don't even attempt to return most of the time. Fair catch is the default. And then the kick returns when they do choose to actually return it, usually falling short of the 25. So those areas, you know, still a little bit of execution needed, but special teams, a lot, lot better this year. Definitely.
0: And then it's always interesting when you see a mid-season coaching change how much stays the same, how much is different. You're mentioning defensively having more of the 3 down lineman sets. How much of the Mickey Joseph Huskers look like the Scott Frost Huskers?
1: Yeah, it, that's a that's a really good question. Um I think you know in terms of the Xs and the Os, not a whole lot has changed. Um Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator He's really, you know, taking a hold of that offense without Scott Frost, you know, there to force more run plays. It's been a very pass heavy offense. That's Whipple's, you know, desired way to run things. Um, You know, defensively there's been a few changes with Bush taking over for Eric Shenander, Um, you know, some different things in practice too, but the biggest thing that, that anybody around the program can tell you is kind of the mentality has just changed with Joseph in charge and, you know, he, he's just been preaching accountability um, for everybody. That was something I think that the locker room really struggled with Under Frost. Um, just been trying to instill belief in these guys. And, you know, when when he succeeded in doing that early in the year, the two game winning streak over Indiana and Rutgers. I mean, the mood lift around the program was, you know, something that that had been a long while since there had been that optimism. Of course, you know, you you go through this losing skid, things are a little bit different. Uh, but the team recognizes it's been a long year and they, they really are, you know, behind Mickey full support for that last game. Um, They're, they're ready to go out there and fight for him.
0: And then every interim coach position seems to be slightly different. Is this like a Jim Leonard situation where Mickey could be that next head coach or is it a little more murkier or is it more clear that they want to go on the outside?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a little hard to tell um, because, you know, the, the coaching search, Nebraska hired national search committee, you know, the plan was always to take a long-term look at this. You know, when you, when you fire a coach three games into the year, you do have that luxury of, you know, having quite a lot of time to vet some different candidates, talk to a lot of different people. And I think the the view of Trev Alberts was always, you know, since Mickey is going to have these, you know, nine games to, to lead the program, you know, what can he show? What improvements can he do? Obviously it's, it's difficult. And we've heard this a lot from, from Mickey in different press conferences. Like he's been saying things we can't trade players, you know, we got to work with the personnel we've got. I mean, he's a recruiter, he's a guy who understands personnel and and how Nebraska might be lacking against these Big Ten teams. So that's not on him. But at the same time, I mean, this is a, a very crucial hire for Nebraska with how many losing seasons they've endured in a row, you know, the the risk you run of, you know, missing on another hire. You know, continuing that that run of just losing seasons. um, it's it's very crucially important. So Mickey may be part of the discussion, but my hunch is that um, Nebraska is more welcome to getting him back in that wide receiver coach's role than the permanent head coach position.
0: And then do you have a score prediction?
1: I do. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm, I'm thinking 23, 13, Iowa um, with the caveat that honestly, that it could be difficult for Nebraska to get three different scoring opportunities. They only had two last week against Wisconsin. So really got to make the most of it when they get down there. Um, I think, you know, at the same time, Iowa defense that they just play so well that, you know, it it might produce a turnover. Um, You mentioned special teams from a Nebraska perspective, same thing you know, happens the other way too. So I get the hunch some big play like that'll go in Iowa's favor and that'll just kind of snowball a little bit for Nebraska down the stretch.
0: I have 26, 20 Iowa, and I'm not sure quite how I came up with 20 points for Nebraska. So we'll see,
1: but I think Trey Palmer, you know, gets a, a big early touchdown opens up the defense. It's possible, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. You think about it, and when Iowa gives up a couple big plays, things could happen. Yeah. Of course, that doesn't happen very often, but there seems to be something that's just fluky about these Iowa Nebraska games. That okay, Nebraska can rattle off a couple scores, get a big lead, and then Iowa all of a sudden, like last year, makes the three big defensive or special teams plays that changes the game. So it seems to be the most competitive game between one program that could be winning back to back big ten West titles and another program that's trying not to go three and nine in back to back years.
1: yeah, without a doubt, I mean, even for for all of Nebraska's deficiencies the last few seasons, they've made it a very, very competitive game. And you know, on that note, I will add it's it's kind of amusing, I guess, you know, to see from from over here on on the Nebraska side of things. The full, you know, full-blown panic that Iowa was going through early in the year, what the performance is, you know, only to turn around in the end, you know, fully guaranteed of a bowl game, you know, top 25 ranking competing for a division title. And Nebraska fans, I think they'd uh, they'd take that under any stretch of, of the imagination right now.
0: Nebraska fans would probably take Bo Pelini right now.
1: <laughs> I think nobody wants him back, but they are they are yearning for those glory days, definitely. <laughs> well, Luke, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, gonna be a, a good matchup, you know, always, always interesting. Gonna try to catch a little bit of that World Cup game, you know, two hours beforehand, but always a fun time on Black Friday. So
0: Yeah, the wonderful thing of press box TVs. So I know it was great <laughs> last week in Minneapolis when the Illinois Michigan game was on except for when I was crazy enough to go outside in the cold so then I didn't have it but we'll have that on I'm sure so yeah it'll be a great sports day and you know what could be a better way to wrap up that sports day than Iowa Nebraska for sure Well, thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'll be back with another edition of Hawk Off the Press after the final score, after Friday's game. Until then, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast.